Welcome back to Hour 2 of Freedom Speak with Becca Marie and Stella. We're here with our guest, Janice Arnold-Jones. I, uh, <clears throat> I want to talk a little bit about this. Uh, you know, I've been talking about this off and on. The war in Ukraine. Number one, why are we paying for it? Ukraine's not an ally. And historically, the Ukrainian government has been very corrupt. You think? They got real Nazis in Ukraine, for crying out loud. <laughs> you know, so I found this guy that uh, his name is, he's the president of EEP. His name is, I hope I don't butcher his name, Chalufya Talia, Tayali, Tayali, I bet it's Tayali. He uh, he posted something on social media that I found to be very interesting, and it it all sounds like legitimate information to me, and I think it all ties into this whole thing with these big money managers, BlackRock, and the wokeness, and and I and I previously mentioned this on other shows recently about. BlackRock, how I believe that they are behind the wokeness. Because why else would a corporation intentionally destroy their business? I mean, look at, you know, Bud Light, the 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 Dodgers the other day. Coca-Cola, that, that, Target. That, yeah. that was unbelievable. The Dodgers. They had the they had the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence out on the field and they were announcing them, proudly announcing them. And by the way, apparently there was a lot of opposition to this because I looked at the video, the stadium was almost completely empty. Empty. Right. One, they argued, oh, no, no, they, it was pregame and everybody's up on the, the mezzanine getting food. But if you look at the videos, it was empty. 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 There were just a few little smatterings of people throughout the, sta- the stadium. And from what I understand, there were several thousand people outside the stadium protesting. Now, nobody yeah. showed the video of that. Right. But that's what they do. You know, just like when Trump was doing all these big, huge rallies. And there were literally tens of thousands of people there. They would the, – the networks, when they were there, you know, the fake news, as he calls them, they'd zoom in on him on the podium and they didn't show anything around him. So – and the lie that they would tell is they would they would pretend that, oh, well, just a little crowd of people, Aaron. Not all – but thank goodness people like uh, um, Right Side uh, Broadcasting and OAN and Newsmax and people like that came along and they started panning the cameras around the entire crowd so you can see, oh, yeah, there's a lot of people there. And I've been to a couple of those rallies myself, and there were tens of thousands of people there. Lots of people. Yeah. Where was I going with this? Lots oh, of energy. <laughs> so, so anyway, so another thing, too, and I know this is a little sidetracked from what I was thinking, but I got on this thought, so I want to mention it. I was listening to that video in which they were showing the, the Sisters per, of Perpetual, perpetual Indulgence. What, Number one, why are they at? A, why are the these people being recognized at a baseball game? I don't get it. Um, what does this have to do with baseball? And then they mention. I rem, I was listening to that same thing, and they're mentioned about a gay baseball player on the team. Okay, I get so sick of this. Okay, I believe first of all in the United States of America, you should be able to live your life the way you want. You should be able to do whatever you want in your bedroom, whatever you're doing. As long as you're not doing anything that's hurting other people or going after little children, that's what where I draw the line. Okay? But why do we care what a baseball player is doing in his bedroom? Why do we care how he's having sex or who he's having it with? Why do we care about any of that? Yeah. Does does anybody really want to know? Do, do do any of us want to know what we're doing in our private life? I I don't. I I don't want to hear about it. They're con- they're not concerned about what we're yeah. doing in our private life, and we'd rather keep it that way too. Well, I would say, or should the standard be? Uh, you're a heterosexual couple having sex in your bedrooms, uh, and oh, wait, wait, wait. What color are you? But we have to lead with that. 
I don't care. I don't care. And I don't want to know. I don't want to know. It's not my business. I don't want to know about anybody's sex life. I I really don't want to hear about it. (laughs) You know, it's like, do whatever you want. You know, I don't care. But I I don't want you to put it in my face. I don't care whether you're gay or straight or black or white or whatever. I don't care. (laughs) And what does that have to do with a baseball game? I don't get it. And I think, and, and is that the most important part of baseball or even about that person? It's not. It's such a small part of their lives. Come on. And, you know, I, I, I just hate I've this. thought that before, too. That's really, really sad. If that's the only thing that makes you exceptional over everybody else is who you're having sex with, that makes you a pretty pathetic person. It really does. Yeah. It's like, you know, come on. Anyway, I just had to get off on that rant. You make was, me feel so much better. I don't have to rant until noon. Yeah, 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 yeah. I do a lot of ranting. You know, this. You know, I think part of the reason I do a radio show is I come here and it's like a, it's like a, an, uh, it, I get a, t- a chance to vent and let off a lot of steam, and I get to yell. And knowing that a lot of people are listening to me do it makes it even better. <clears throat> so anyway, so there's this guy by the name of. Uh, Chalufya Tayali, okay, and he is uh, the um, uh, president of, uh, let's see, what is the name of this place? Um, E-P- EEP? EEP, what is EEP? Um, EEP. And, and like he's worked everywhere, it's, that's not... Economic the... and Equity Party. Yeah. Okay. Oh. Yeah. So, anyway, he, he, he gives this thing, he does this... Uh, thing on social media the other day that I was very impressed with what he had to say. I'm going to play it, and then we're going to talk about it, because I think it has a lot to do with a lot of things that I've been talking about. So I'm going to bring this up here. Let's see. Okay, and... All right, so here it is. And if you guys are are watching on... uh, Live, you can also watch the video. Okay, well, come on. This guy has quite a resume too. So why would Russia? He does. Okay, here we go. Except a Chinese military base in Canada, or in Mexico, or in the Caribbean. So why would Russia accept U.S., which NATO is really, you know, U.S. military? missiles and bombs and planes and tanks right at its border. And number four, it wants that the world recognize Crimea, Lugansk, and Donetsk as territories separate from Ukraine because they're, they're full of Russian speakers. They're full of ethnic Russians. So there is some historical claim there that we don't, we don't know all the intricacies and nuances of that. We act like, you know, we, we're pro-Ukrainian and we don't even know what's happened there. You know, that's something I've mentioned. A lot of people, uh, you know, when all of this indoctrination started where, oh, you have to support Ukraine and everybody's putting up their Ukrainian flags. And you know, it, it, just like the scandemic, a lot of people were just brainwashed into, oh, you have to do this. And people are proudly showing their arms. Oh, I got vaccinated. See, and it's like they're all, all this virtue signaling going on. And I think there was virtue signaling going on with people putting up Ukrainian flags, too. And I wonder if they even knew why they were, or they were putting up Ukrainian flags or even if they knew anything about Ukraine or about its history. I, you look like you want to say something, Janice. Well, I would say, okay. so this is one of those funny things. So I, mm-hmm. I personally believe that uh, Putin is ill and intends to, before he passes the mantle, bring back Ukraine because he feels that this is a loss to him. Mm-hmm. But what is different about Ukraine and, and, and why it's confusing to people is it was an all-out assault by the Soviet Union on people who were not engaged in war. Now, as things have gone on, there's no doubt that Ukraine is not, the leaders of Ukraine are not good actors. No, they are they're not. not. They're not. They're as bad as ours. But, but at the same time, we are watching a mega power literally shell another country and the civilians are, are being decimated. And, and I think, and so that's what we see. What are we not seeing? That's, that's what I've been saying all along, Janice. What are we seeing? They're, we're seeing what they want us to see. Right. Now, you know, one thing that they have done, and this guy is going to mention this, is they have uh, social media, just like they were 
censoring and blocking and 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 deeming disinformation on all of these things during the scandemic you know blocking legitimate scientists and doctors from going out there and saying uh, no they wanted one narrative only and if you didn't follow that narrative you would be censored you would be blocked well the same thing has been done with Russia we haven't got to hear Russia's side of this because Russia has been blocked from social media right. so essentially media has walled off the, you know Russia, so that we don't have we we can't hear anything they're saying. All we can hear is what we're being right. told and what we want, what they want us to believe. But but you made a, an excellent point. Is many of these subsidiary entities, we'll call them countries, they are Russian nationals. They are, uh, and so Ukraine actually broke off uh, during a, a different thing. But most of the history of these families are Russian, mm-hmm. uh, which is why. So I'm going to go back to I think Putin just is irritated that it is not part of Russia. And before he dies, he wants to make it part of. Russia. Well, and like and like this guy mentioned, and I and I've mentioned this before way back when, like at the end of World War II, there was this agreement uh, in which, uh, you know, NATO would not uh, be. Uh, bringing Ukraine into the fold because Ukraine is right on the border of Russia. Okay, just like we get upset about missiles being set up in Cuba, 100 miles off the coast of the United States, Russia doesn't want missiles on their border either. And so, you know, you, you're a hypocrite if you're if you're saying, oh, well, it's okay for us to do it, but it's not, you know, it's not okay for them to do it. And so that's a point this guy made, which I thought was very, very good. Not to mention, uh, during the course of of this this whole war that's going on right now, there were bio labs that were discovered in Ukraine that were actually funded by the United States weapons labs, bio weapons labs, which. Last I read, bioweapons are illegal. (laughs) Anyway, here, let's go on. This guy has so much. There is so much here. Now, all these demands could have been met without war and the death of thousands of troops and civilians. But now Western NATO leaders are talking tough publicly. But know that the defeat of the Ukrainian army is a foregone conclusion and that the sanctions on Russia might hurt the West as much or worse, worse than Russia. Since 2004, Western leaders have worked to keep Ukraine impoverished and corrupt as a way to cultivate a puppet state that would act as a wedge to destabilize Russian security, even while some Western politicians have been personally enriched by corrupt business dealings in Russia and Ukraine. And that goes straight to the Biden family. That's what Donald Trump was trying to investigate. He was impeached for making a call about getting facts on how deep was the corruption, how deep was the deep state, how many people were making. Okay, good point. Notice how. Point. Notice how when Donald Trump made that call and he's trying to check into this thing that. Everything you know, even Chucky e. Schumer was talking about. Oh, you know, you mess with the with the. Uh, was he talking about the FBI or the DOJ or CIA. something CIA or whatever? And it's like they're just going to come down on you like you wouldn't believe. He was looking into this. He was getting way too close to something that they were trying to cover up, and that's when a lot of this attack on Donald Trump began. Ever since then, they have been after him, trying to find one thing or the other to, to stick on him and to take him down. And discredit him. So yes. But, but when we think back, and let us think back, of the original attacks against Donald Trump, and it had to do with questioning the behavior and activity of the president and his son in where? Where? Ukraine. <gasps> In Ukraine. Wow. Oh, my gosh. Mm-hmm. I'm saying uh, it's an important point. Don't yeah. forget. Yeah, I think so. All right, let's continue on. This guy has a lot more to say. Making millions of dollars in Ukraine. And the Biden family were involved. It's not even a secret. A peace deal was possible. Putin had said what he wanted. We could have negotiated. Did you know that one month after the invasion, 
Russia and Ukraine were ready to sign a peace deal in April 2022. But Boris Johnson, the Prime Minister of UK, personally traveled to Ukraine to meet Zelensky and stop a peace deal. This has now come out. The war would have been over two months after it started. Europe I bet nobody heard that one, huh? <clears throat> I, I think you're right. So, and then we saw the meeting the other day with uh, with Lindsey Graham and and with with Zelensky and and those people, and he's just you know so giddy about oh we're killing them Russians, the best money we ever spent. And they're yeah, I was reading some articles about that, and they're trying to spin that thing to make it oh well those two things they were just taken out of context. In what way were they taken out of context? How can you take that out of context? You know, best money we ever spent. We're Russians. Russia's dying. You know, and you know, I was, I was saying this when Barack Obama was president. How Barack Obama seemed to be intentionally poking the bear with Russia and trying to drive a wedge in between us and Russia. Not only that, not only was he doing that, but he was driving a wedge in between uh, races too, black people and white people and everything else. You know, Barack Obama was the biggest racist of all, in my opinion. And not only that, but for some reason, <clears throat> they have been trying for years to get a war going with Russia. And now they got one, and they're just giddy about it. They're happy about this war with Russia. Can I? Add, and I got a theory, but you go ahead. Well, I would say I want to throw a money aspect at this discussion. Okay. So, DoD uh, has announced and discovered that, in fact, they have more money in their budget because they had not evaluated correctly the cost of the Javelin missiles that are being provided to Ukraine. And and the thing to think about here is. Uh, they were already produced. And so if you have a stockpile of weapons, uh, can you continue to produce? No. So if you give them away at a discounted price to Ukraine, do you now have to replace that weapon system? I would think so. I, would, I know so. Yeah. I know yeah. so. And so the surprising point of this is when there was a budget number uh, they were estimating all of the Javelin missiles as being created, but this is all stockpiles. So the cost, so all of a sudden DOD has a whole bunch of money that they hadn't counted on. It does get back to money. Mm. And, and it really, I, I just was listening to that. And I, you know, I mean, so I'm a military family. I mean, let's, let's be real here. We know that part of what happens, part of our advances have to do with, unfortunately, defending our country. And so will the next series of weapons be less expensive or more expensive than Javelin missiles? Oh, the price always goes up. Of course it, it never does. goes down. All right. There you go. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> it never goes down. I was I was watching a, a thing the other day uh, in which they were talking about all the aircraft carriers from around the world, all these countries that have aircraft carriers. And our aircraft carriers are like way more expensive than anybody else's aircraft carriers. Of course, they're like way more advanced. I mean, we've got the best aircraft carriers in the world. Um, but... We do spend a lot of money on them. They're enormous. They're highly advanced. They carry more planes, all of that stuff. But the point I was uh, going to make about the thing with Russia, of how, how they've been, and I'm kind of curious to hear what your take is on this, Janice, is that my theory has been that, you know, I remember the day when George H.W. Bush first got out there and mentioned the New World Order, and I just cringed when I heard, like, what the heck is that? That doesn't sound good. That sounds an awful lot like the uh, uh, United States has become the new Nazi Germany, and we're just going to march across the planet and take everything over, and, and it's going to be all one big, one-world government. Well, <clears throat> one player in the world that doesn't have any interest in the New World Order at all is Vladimir Putin. And Russia, he's not playing ball with the New World Order. Regardless of what you might think about Putin, he does not go along with the New World Order. And in my opinion, this has been an effort to take him out, just like they had to take Donald Trump out, because he was not on board with the New World Order either. 
and they 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 tried to villainize the fact that he was he actually had probably a better relationship with Vladimir Putin than any one of our presidents in a while. I thought that was a good thing. It's like, yeah, let's work a deal out with Russia. I think Russia would be an excellent ally to the United States. That's my opinion. And they were historically, mm-hmm. they were. They were during World War II. Absolutely. We worked together quite a lot. Yeah. So I believe that just like Trump, how they got to take Trump out, they got to take Putin out, too, because he's standing in their way. What do you think? Uh, Well, I think uh, on several levels. Okay. It is the new world order is such a great threat because they are going to sell it as it will be easier and simpler. And it is true that having independent standalone governments is harder and it takes more work. And it starts at the bottom. So we were just talking about ADUs. Mm -hmm. How on earth does an ADU relate to what we are just talking about? And here's what happened in the middle of our city council meeting discussing ADUs. Oh, well, we need to go back and talk about a joint Bernalillo County, Albuquerque government. It, It isn't just at the top level. And they are placing this on its easier and simpler No, it's not. This is about a very small group having control of the assets of the world. And I'm not having any of it. Centralizing power. Yeah. And I'm not. Are you interested? I'm not interested. And and I I would shudder to say, oh, my goodness, uh, Putin is my hero because he's standing firm. But you know what? I am willing to put the work in to stand alone. Please don't take away my right to stand alone and run my life as I want to and my country as I want to. Yeah, they don't like decentralized power at all. No, they don't. Not at all. And you know, the other day when they were pushing Trump on the, the, the Ukraine situation and they asked him, well, what do you, well, you know, how are you going to handle the, the war in Ukraine? And his answer, I liked his answer. He says, the fighting will stop. Immediately. Yeah. Immediately. I don't believe the fighting would be going on if Trump had had been in the White House. I'm not going to say won the election because I believe he did win the election. That's just, that's my thoughts. I think there's a lot of evidence out there to prove that. But but like I said, I think Putin's in their way. I think that's why they got to take him out. That's why they've just got to throw everything they can into this Ukraine war. Otherwise, what other possible reason would we have to devote this many resources into a country that's not an ally and to a country that's really not really uh, you know it's kind of kind of got i mean heck they've been they've been shutting down media in that country they've been shutting down churches they're not a they're not a they're not a democracy or or certainly not a republic like we are they 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 don't believe so much in freedom so at a very simplistic level if we <clears throat> bomb ukraine all to heck <clears throat> does this give our contractors an avenue for more work oh yeah just oh, a yeah. thought. Just oh, a thought. <laughs> oh, and we're we're getting there. Trust me, we are getting there. Okay, so let's continue with this with okay. this guy. Okay, because he's there's so much good stuff here. Europe would not be short of energy, food, or fertilizer, and the world price of oil and gas would not have skyrocketed. None of your bills would have gone up if Boris Johnson had not personally met with Zelensky. And here's what went down. According to multiple former senior U.S. officials, in April 2022, Russia and Ukraine negotiators appear to have tentatively agreed on the outlines of a negotiated interim settlement. Russia would withdraw to its position on February 23, when it controlled part of Donbass region and all of Crimea, and in exchange, Ukraine would promise not to seek NATO membership and instead receive security guarantees from a number of countries. Reasonable? Is Putin the war criminal or Boris Johnson? Putin was ready to sign this peace deal. You would have averted the deaths. You would have averted the energy crisis. We don't even know how many lies, how deep the lies go. Only when these things begin to come out. And how many people report this? Is this on CNN? Is this on BBC? It's such a controlled narrative. According to a Western newspaper, a pro-Western newspaper in Ukraine, it said that even if, Boris Johnson said, even if Ukraine is ready to sign some agreement on guarantees with Putin, 
They are not. Western powers are not. Johnson's position was that the collective West now felt that Putin was not really as powerful as they had previously imagined, and that here was a chance to press him. So they were going for war. They were trying to destroy a part of Europe. You cannot have European security without including Russia. Russia is a part of Europe, but they're alienating Russia. It's been happening for Sounds years. Like a bad marriage. They seem to have this formula down pat. The entire world sanctioned Russian oil, froze Russian assets, attacked the Russian ruble, forbade Russian stocks to trade. Netflix even canceled paid subscriptions. Can you imagine that? On what basis? You're a Russian. You didn't start any war. You paid for your Netflix. You can't access it anymore. Russian news was wiped off the internet.、Mm-hmm. There used to be RT. You used to hear both sides. They demonized Russia and completely stopped any flow of information from the other side. We're still living in this, and you—you you think we have free press, free speech? YouTube has put me in timeout, and I have learned that, that, that it was wrong of me. I thought that was a lot. That was a, that that was some good stuff. Some good stuff, which gives credence to why what you're doing is so very important. Yeah,、um, because we no longer have an honest national or international press, and it is up to independent journalists and podcasters to do your very best to counter this narrative. I mean, why isn't the press? You know, digging for the news coming out of Russia. I want to hear both sides.、Yeah. I want to decide for myself. I simply want to hear all the information, and I wanted to. I want to come to my own conclusions. I'm having to dig for this information. We're having to hear from. You know, thank goodness for social media. Sure. I mean, I I get a lot of stuff off social media、um, because you just can't get a lot off the news, and so and I try to put it put it put the pieces together. That's what I try to do here. Well, I would、anyway. say, but but this is the the view of war, and why we have engaged in wars is not always as simple as、uh, we were fighting against the Axis. It wasn't that simple. No, it wasn't. All right, so <clears throat> we'll be back after the break. I want to dig into this a little bit more. I want to talk. Like, you know, apparently Russia's they're 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 digging in. They're getting ready for a nuclear war if need be.、Um, I want to talk about this BlackRock thing.、Um, I believe that they're. Into so much more than I originally thought. So you're listening to Freedom Speak with Becca Marie and Stella. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Interested in getting your concealed carry permit? Perkins Protection Training offers state-approved concealed carry classes for both New Mexico and Utah, taught by a certified NRA instructor. Local, woman-owned, and ran by husband-wife team since 2004. Individual coaching, ensuring every student learns according to their individual needs, complete with pre-class and follow-up tutoring. One-on-one, beginner, and advanced classes also available. Mention KDAZ for 10% off class. Call 505-238-1214. That's 505-238-1214. Or on the web at PerkinsProtectionTraining.com. Are you a small business with unique skills that believes it can bring value to Sandia or our other national labs, and would like to grow your national lab contract portfolio? Then listen up. Working with any of the national labs can be overwhelming, from the lengthy terms to the bureaucratic red tape. It can feel like these labs don't want to work with small businesses. Nothing could be further from the truth. They want and need exceptional small businesses to be part of their supply chain. I can help you. My name is Asa Bortz Johnson, owner of Sandia Consulting Group. I spent 10 years as a subcontract manager at Sandia Labs and can help you navigate the bureaucracy. My central objectives are to increase your firm's probability of winning a contract, minimize your administrative burden, shorten the time frame from proposal to purchase order, and maximize your firm's profit. Give me a call at 505-362-3499 or go to my website at sandiaconsultinggroup.com. Schedule your no-cost meet and greet to discuss how Sandia Consulting Group can support your mission. 
Hi, I'm Dr. Karen Genter from High Desert Chiropractic and Wellness. For 27 years, I've been helping patients by gently treating the root cause of their health issues, not just symptoms. Treatments include various chiropractic techniques and therapies, such as electrical stimulation, ultrasound and intersegmental traction, or the roller table. Let's help you be your best self by helping you achieve optimal wellness and maintain it lifelong. Located at 5310 Homestead Road, Northeast, call us at 505-292-2226. Do you need a trailer to haul something around? Check out my friends at JP Trailer Sales. They've been doing business in Albuquerque for seven years. Whether you're hauling cars, landscaping equipment, dirt, or your favorite off-road toys, JP Trailers has the perfect trailer at a great price to fit your needs. They have open trailers and closed trailers and can even do special orders. You'll always receive great, friendly customer service and no appointment is ever needed. Stop by their location at 7605 San Pedro Drive, Northeast in Albuquerque, Monday through Saturday, 10 to 5 p.m. You can also call them at 505-469-1667 or 505-557-8164 or check them out on the web at flatbedtrailersusa.com. Did you realize that our skin is the largest organ of the body? How often do we pay attention to what it's telling us? Hi, I'm Tomei with Skin LLC, and we don't just cover up imperfections, we heal them. Our skin being the largest organ of the body tells a story. Beauty and skin alike are often overlooked because we get overwhelmed with so much daily input. You can learn your own skin and beauty story through the customized treatments we provide, personalized just for you. Let us give you the education, healing, rejuvenation, and restoration to support your journey. Call or text 505-918-4211, mention this ad for a free phone consultation, and visit our website at abqskinllc.com. That number again is 505-918-4211. To Freedom Speak with Becca Marie and Stella with our guest Janice Arnold Jones today. I want to invite you to send us your questions and comments to Becca at freedomspeaknm.com. If you missed any of the show, you want to watch replays of any of the previous shows, you can go to freedomspeaknm.com. You can click on the radio replay link and listen to replays of any of the shows. Also, I've got the Becca's monologue tab on that website as well. A lot of people like to uh, just listen to the monologues sometimes. And so I separated them out, put them on a tab on my website, and I've been uploading them a little at a time. And there's a lot of them. So um, anyway, I've been uploading them. I really like today's monologue. I'm, that Corrine Rios helped me write today's monologue. She's been helping me with writing lately. She's kind of like a member of my staff now, which is pretty awesome. Um, also, if uh, you're listening to us on KDAZ Radio, I uh, want to thank you for listening. You're listening to an encore presentation from Friday morning. Uh, every Friday morning, we uh, stream live on Facebook, Twitter, and Rumble. And we have phone lines that you can call in. If you're listening live right now, 505-444-5059. would love to hear from you. You can also message us on the uh, social media apps. And we're watching uh, the, uh, the messaging on there, too. And so uh, you can uh, interact with us live a number of different ways. I got, uh, before the break, I got a um, message from Mike that's listening to us on Facebook. And he says, um, nice job today, Becca. You're answering the question, why Ukraine? And I've been asking that question for months. He says, we have no accounting for any of the billions, a corrupt country funded by a corrupt president. Nobody is following the money. It's a taxpayer-funded money scheme. What do we do? What do we gain in Ukraine? That's a good question. What do we gain? I think it's not necessarily what we gain, but what we were able to cover up in Ukraine. I think it's it's part of a cover up. And following the money, oh no, they never follow the money. 
because if we followed the money, uh, Hunter Biden would be in jail right now. And actually, uh, Joe Biden would be impeached. You know, we had Lauren Boebert uh, the other day filing articles of impeachment in the House. And I know these cowardly Republicans in the House, some of them are going to join forces with her, but the largest majority of them are going to be too cowardly to do it. This Joe Biden has done so many things that are impeachable offenses, uh, just just alone not protecting our border and allowing millions of illegals to flood into our country, which are potential enemy combatants in the future. Couldn't have said that better. I and and uh, a great case for. Nobody should spend 50 years in our government. Nobody. Nobody. You're right. You know, it it just, you take those actions as normal and, and your view of the world becomes stunted, truncated. Uh, I think they lose their way. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. You know, Mike on, uh, on Facebook, he also said, do you think BlackRock is following the money? I'd bet they could give a pretty good accounting of the money. This administration has found a way around the rules by using private business. They farm it out. Yeah, they do. They go through shell corporations. Just like this whole thing that they've been trying to expose uh, with all the millions of dollars going to the Biden family. I mean, literally all the family members have been receiving millions of dollars from foreign entities. But one one of the things that I think you're touching on with BlackRock, and, and you see this, you know, it's really interesting. Movie scripts do come out with stuff like this. They don't hit it head on, but they do hit it. Mm-hmm. So the movie 13 Hours. You all saw that. You remember when Benghazi was getting hit? And who was on the roof? Who was defending that that outpost? Who was it? It was contractors. Contractors, yep. Contractors. And they came there against orders. Well, they They did. They were told not to go there. And and did did they do what they did because they were good Americans? They did. But... What I'm saying is the role of contractors, you know, and, and I, so I have been a contractor. And if you live in Virginia, you're a Beltway Bandit. That may absolutely be true, is Beltway Bandit is exactly the right term. But the fact that contractors are propagating the wars even more so than the military, I hope that gives, gives all of us pause um, because... Uh, even even the pay scales are different. So let's go back to the movie 13 Hours. Mm-hmm. Uh, all of those contractors were signing on, and their pay for putting themselves at that kind of risk was astronomical. It was worth it for them to risk their lives and their bodies. Uh, and yet we will send in our soldiers at, what, $30,000 a year with the same risk, but not the same reward. Something's wrong here. And, and it, this has gone on for years and years. Uh, and I think perhaps BlackRock has perfected it. And that's what bothers me. Yeah. And, you know, we're going to really dig into this BlackRock thing. And I think I've, I've got some ideas here that uh, I, <laughs> I, I, I thought that they were into some stuff, but I, I'm, I'm starting to think that they're into almost everything at this point. Um, did you know... I found this shocking. They were talking about how much money that BlackRock manages, which is somewhere in the range of about $20 trillion. Now, do you realize that that is almost as much as the GDP of the United States? Yeah. <laughs> That's crazy. They've, they manage about as much money as this country's GDP, which is the biggest GDP on the entire planet. Amazing. So, this thing with Russia. Now, uh, I got a message on uh, Rumble <clears throat> that this is true. Putin thinks our country has gone crazy. He even gave a speech saying our country is going the wrong direction where Russia used to be, and he said this socialist agenda does not work. Yeah, he knows that. Putin knows that. Putin doesn't want to be on board with the New World Order. He, he, does, he doesn't want worldwide socialism. He doesn't want Russia to just become part of one big, huge, massive, centrally controlled government. 
you know, kind of like you were talking about the city, Janice. Same deal, except on a smaller scale. Yep. Yeah. You know, they're they're working this from everywhere. They're even working it down on the small small scale in Albuquerque. Uh, these mo- these bunch of socialists. More than you know. More than you know. Yes. <laughs> but you know, but BlackRock is is known to be the largest manager of funds and assets in the entire world. And I was just trying to pull up a list of are there any competitors that are even close these days? Well, there's like three majors that I know of. There's BlackRock, State Street, and Vanguard. Right. But BlackRock is the biggest. Right. Yeah. Uh, and I, I, that's exactly what I'm mm-hmm. finding. Uh, wow. Yep. And, and, and not even close. Vanguard is only $7 trillion. Mm, Only. Only. <laughs> only. But, but that's, that is the equivalent of the federal budget. Yeah. Think about that. Yeah. Think about that. Imagine the power that they wield. And I was just thinking that uh, Berkshire Hathaway might be in there, but I think they may be small potatoes by comparison. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. So I found this interesting article. I I found this great website. It's called News, and it's spelled K-N-E-W-Z. Oh, I like it. (laughs) I like the way that's spelled. Um, You know, Russia, I, I, I believe that Putin thinks that he's in the fight of his life right now to save his country is what I think. He and is. I, I think that he sees the new world order for what it is, and he doesn't want to be part of it. And I think he's willing to fight to the death to make sure that Russia does not become part of the new world order. I don't think he wants to be any part of it. And as a result, he's gearing up for whatever it takes including nuclear weapons. They've got a, uh, a hypersonic nuclear-capable missile. Did you see what the name of that missile is? It's called the Satan II. Yeah. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, wow. Yeah. That's scary, isn't it? It speaks volumes. <laughs> it it, it <laughs> does. <laughs> Satan II. Scare me. <laughs> <laughs> Along with next generation of Saramat intercontinental ballistic missiles. And... Uh, says here that uh, he made the announcement during a military graduation ceremony where Defense Minister Sergei Shogu warned of a real war being waged against Russia by the collective West. And, and I've been talking about this for a while. I think NATO, which, you know, like that other guy was just saying that we just listened to, NATO, the United States, kind of one and the same. Um, NATO... I believe, is the army of the New World Order. That's what I think. That, that's, just, that's just the way I feel about it. Um, I know Janet's there. Hmm. She's well, thinking, well, I, you know, I don't know. I, and I, 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 I think I look at Putin as, as perhaps a little bit more simplistic than fighting the New World Order. I truly believe that his legacy is to have Russia intact and the separation of Ukraine means that part of the country was gone and he wants it back. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't see him as, as much more complex than that. Um, and, uh, you know, can he wall off Russia if he wanted to? Sure, he could. Uh, but I, I'm, I'm struggling to see, is he really fighting the new world order? I'd, and I would be glad if he was. Mm, uh, yeah, me too. But, but I see him as much more simplistic, and perhaps that's a very simplistic way to look at him. Yeah, maybe. Mm. I don't know. I, I'm, I'm just no, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just looking at all the little pieces, and it's right. like, well, that's well, what it looks I like say, to so me. May I jump into something that's very deep? But as an engineer, you, yeah, I think please. can answer that. Go for it. So, so we have uh, in our state um, a history with nuclear weapons, and we have a history of believing that. Uh, if you use nuclear weapons, it's big boom. It's it's everything ruined forever and ever and ever. And of course, none of that is true. Right. Uh, and and it's and because of the later belief, the one reason we are not using small modular reactors to produce clean energy uh, is this belief that everything is Hiroshima and Nagasaki. Of course, then I look at Hiroshima and Nagasaki and I compare it to Detroit and I think I want Hiroshima and Nagasaki Mm. uh, because they are much more advanced. So when we are talking nuclear weapons today, Mm -hmm. 
Are we talking, are we truly talking worldwide destruction and radiation poisoning? Or are we talking targeted complete destruction in small areas? What are we talking about? Do you know? Because I don't well, know. Here's the thing. It's like this this missile that uh, that Putin's talking about, this Satan too, is something that has multiple warheads. So you got an ICBM, send it over to an area where you want it to be, then high up it deploys several smaller warheads, which each one of those has its own target. And they can simultaneously target several cities at the same time. Boom, with one missile. Right. So that's that's definitely next generation, okay? Um, and it makes Nagasaki and Hiroshima, um, you know, seem pale in comparison. Because, But yes, you're right. You can take smaller weapons. You can pinpoint target different areas that you want to get. Like, I just want to take out this city. I want to have minimal fallout. Um, and because, I mean, face it, why would you want to uh, fight against a country, which ultimately the spoils of war are that you get to occupy the territory which you have, have beaten? Uh, why would you want to make it un, uninhabitable? Right, well, which is what we're doing to Ukraine. I mean, it's like carpet bombing. I mean, we are obliterating. But it's all conventional so far. Well, so far. Yeah. But, but it doesn't change the fact that the infrastructure mm-hmm. uh, is gone and all of that has to be rebuilt. But with what you're describing, you could systematically and strategically uh, take out, as a, as a good example, uh, the ball bearing company that manufactures the requirements for gyroscopes. Sure. And, and which grinds everything else to a halt mm-hmm. because every, all of these highly uh, sophisticated weapons require very sophisticated gyroscopes. They do. Yeah. Uh, you know, and could, could you stop that? Yeah, you could. Mm-hmm. Uh, is That's that a good point. Is that what we're talking about? You know, and, and I, I, I think we use this specter of Nagasaki and Hiroshima and, and try to apply it here, but that's not what it is. Nagasaki and Hiroshima was a psychological thing. Yeah. Okay. They were basically pretty much non-military targets. What we did, we, it was basically an act of terrorism. It was. <laughs> it, it was. I mean, we did that to scare them into stop fighting. Which it worked. Right. And, and, and the emperor said, we would have kept fighting yeah. had you not done this. Mm-hmm. And, and actually, they did you know that the parliament in Japan actually thanked us for doing that so that they could stop? That's interesting. Wow. I, I, and I, I got this out of this little book that I mm-hmm. had just read. It was very interesting. I didn't know that. Interesting. Wow. Yeah, I think that was a psychological war there with uh, bombing Nagasaki and Hiroshima. And and by the way, those bombs are tiny in comparison to what we could build today if we wanted to. Right. But, but we're not. But again, so part of why I ask these questions mm-hmm. is in our country, when you say nuclear weapons, it is intended to scare us into making very bad decisions. Mm-hmm. And. I just don't think that's what we're talking about. I think we're talking about something else. But is the scaring working? You bet it is. Yeah. Well, nuclear is scary. You know, it's really scary. I mean, you uh, you nuke a city, and everybody in that city is probably going to be dead. I mean, it's like it's it's way different than a conventional weapon. Well, it you know. absolutely is. And yet, do we know so much more? Which is why I talk about small modular reactors. Why, why on earth would I talk about it? Because it's clean, it's controllable, and we know a whole lot more than we did 70 years ago mm-hmm. about how to use this amazing technology. Yeah, but at the same time, it's but it like... Ha- does it have a risk? Yeah. I think there's a lot of problems that they don't want to solve, is the thing. I, these- Ooh, no, <laughs> not so. Imagine that. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> you know, the, 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 the thing is is do do they really want to have real energy independence uh, in, in which uh, we're no longer under the thumb of companies like BlackRock and yeah. stuff like that? No, not really, because you have people that are making lots and lots of money off this stuff. They don't they don't want that to happen. Who knows what technology they buried that Nikola, Nikola Tesla took to the grave? We don't know. You know, we could have had clean limitless energy way back then possibly right right 
So this gets us into the whole BlackRock thing. Now, the other day, James O'Keefe, the former founder of Veri- uh, Project Veritas, had a um, interesting undercover video with a um, one of the people from BlackRock. Now, I, I'm hearing a lot of other people talking about this, but nobody's really digging into the real meat of this whole thing, and that's what we're going to do. Okay, um, I'm going to play the video, and then we're going to kind of talk about it, kind of like we did that last one. Um, let's see here. Let me get it up here. My my laptop's not not cooperating. What's going on here? We talk about laptops not cooperating. I know the hack of Microsoft and its 365 platform was driving me crazy. I know. <laughs> Give me a second here. I'll bring that up. Go ahead and talk about whatever's on your mind there, Janice, <laughs> while I do this. I would say but it's been a while since I have seen Stella. At Stella, you look fabulous, girl. Oh, thank you. Thank it you does. for that. I would say, what else are you doing? <laughs> Not a whole lot. I, I just try to stay in trouble. I mean, you know, it keeps you young and healthy. <laughs> <laughs> I would say, well, it shows on your face. My goodness. Oh, thank you. So I would say, and this is, so we know that Stella does not back off from asking the hard questions and making the hard points. So well, I, that's why she's here with me. I know she does. You know, I, she she wasn't she wasn't doing anything and she wasn't being properly utilized, so I contacted her one day and said, "Stella, Stella, Stella! How, how would you like to come here and and join me on this thing that I'm doing?" Let's start some problems. I said, "I'll be right that's there." That's right. Yeah. I'll so, be right there. Yeah. I have to say but but solving problems. So that's that's uh, you know and and the you said something that was so distressing, but you were right. They don't want to solve the problem. No, they because don't. Because they're making money. They're I mean, making money. When I look at the wind turbine factory down in Berlin, and I'm just going, come on, guys. Those things are not the answer. They are not the answer. We know that already. Yeah. And, and yet, it's going to put a lot of my friends to work. And it is not solving the problem. It is so it's so you know, distressing. Just like the whole climate change thing, okay? I listened to an interesting thing the other day in which the guy was talking about the the cost of climate change versus the cost of uh, taking uh, action against climate change. And he's looking at it from the standpoint of a, you know, a uh, financial person. And you do have to look at things that way. Yeah. You really do. It's like, okay, so if we allow climate change to continue, now I'm not deni- I'm not a climate change denier. I think that climate always changes. I think it's changed over the history of the entire planet. I had Aunt Thornton on here with us the other day, and we were talking about this. You know, uh, climate change, of course climate change is happening. Okay? So if we just let climate change do its thing, and let's say the temperature goes up by a certain amount then you can attach a certain uh, dollar amount to how much more it's going to cost every human being to basically adapt to that climate change. Yep. So you take that dollar amount and compare that. Okay, so let's say the the temperature is going to, if we just let it go, uh, by the year 2050, uh, temperatures, average temperature is going to go up by 7 degrees. Okay, let's just say that. And so... And at that amount, we calculate it's going to cost this much amount of money per person to deal with that. It may involve moving. Let's say, for instance, the water comes up a little bit higher on some of the lower-lying areas. Let's say you have to maybe better insulate your house. You know, a number of different things. But then you take, okay, how much will it cost us per person to take measures that will reduce that by, say, one degree. It's astronomical. And if you go if you go two degrees, three degrees, and this ridiculous idea that they have, oh, we want zero change, that is nonsense. That's impossible. It will never happen. And we don't have enough money in this world to do anything like that. And this whole thing where we're bringing in uh, all of these electric cars to run off of a grid which does not have the capacity to power them, and then we want to take away the coal plants and the nuclear plants and the gas plants and replace them with windmills and solar panels, which will not 
even come close. I mean, the best projection I've seen is that these things might be able to replace 20% of our energy needs. Maybe. 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 And And that is optimistic. uh, Well, let me say, and they're both dependent upon weather. Weather. Both of them. Both Mm -hmm. of them. So just as a kind of a corollary. So in 1994, uh, my son had a soccer party in our backyard. It's May 25th. You may not remember this, but it snowed in Albuquerque. A very sad summer because that summer we never got above 92 degrees. And that was very, very few days. We are now, that was May. We are now at the end of June and June is supposed to be our hottest month. Just this week, did we break 90 degrees? Think about it. Mm, Yeah. Climate is exactly your point. It is a cyclical pattern, and there is literally nothing we're going to do to change it, except that we could spend a lot of money talking about it. Huge amounts of money. Yes, for absolutely no effect. Yes. So they're talking about, you know, one degree, it's going to cost, you know, like this huge amount of money per person, two degrees, and it's it, it goes up exponentially. And that's if you could even potentially even successfully do that. Um these well, electric cars are going to—they're going to bring in their own sets of problems. We're going to have problems with waste. You know, these batteries can't be really recycled. Um, where's the power going to come from to charge them? Well, I mean, you already have some cities that are rationing uh, p- times that people can charge their cars. Well, and because it takes a lot of power. Lots of power. But I just want to go back. So Al Gore said in 2012, uh, parts of Miami and other places would be underwater. Mm-hmm. By 2012. By 2012. We are in 2023. And it's exactly right. Nope. I was in Florida recently. The beaches didn't look any different than they looked when I lived there 20 years ago. And so our children and, and, and their parents right now are petrified of climate change, and they're making some very mm-hmm. foolish decisions without stepping back and saying, wait a minute, this doesn't make sense. That's like, am I seeing what you're saying? You know, I sometime back on one of my shows, I talked about all of these ridiculous predictions that have been made by these so-called experts over the past 50 years, none of which that have come true. And yet people keep listening to more predictions. Yes. It's like, okay. That's fine. You're making a prediction. Show me the data that proves this prediction that you're making. But people just, they say this stuff and people just believe it without asking for, asking any questions. Right. Yeah. I don't know. It's like the saying goes that you repeat to them often enough the same lie. They they believe it because they they hear it so much that it's just, it's reality to them. You know what? Um we're almost out of time in the second hour. How did that happen? I don't know. We get we get to talking about things and time just flies. I bet you were thinking, Janice, when you came in today, it's three hours. That's a long time. I hear that from so many people that come in here. And it's like, well, three hours. That's How are we going to find things to talk about for three hours? I said, you know, we will probably not scrape the surface of my notes in three hours. No, but in case that we didn't have anything to add, you were prepared. I was. I was totally I ready. You were. <laughs> I was I totally, looked at that going, I was totally ready to sit here for three hours and talk all by myself if I needed to. <laughs> we need three, three days to talk about everything on that list. Uh, well, I was, so when I got your list, I'm going, I, I, I. <laughs> I prepare, don't I, Janice? Yes, you do. Yes, yes you I do. do. And, and the truth is, is so I was just going to defend you as somebody doing a radio program of any sort. The number of times that you have a guest that does not show up is painful. Yeah, and, it, it's very painful. And, and you have to be ready. Because you, cause you, you, know, you kind of plan your outline around uh, the, what that guest is going to bring to the show. Now, I've luckily never had that happen. Knock on wood. Well, it is painful. Now, I've had a couple of guests show up that were completely unprepared and were deer in the headlights, but I've never had one not show, show up. <laughs> oh, anyway, all right. All right so, all right. in the third hour... Okay, we're going to talk about we're going to we're going to do go through this James O'Keefe undercover video with this BlackRock guy, and we're going to talk about this because I think there's a whole lot there to unpack, and I, I've come up with some really really interesting ideas, and I want to hear your thoughts on it. So hey, you guys, call in if you want to. We got a phone now five zero five four 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 five zero five nine, and I'm looking at your messages. And uh, Mike, I saw your uh, 
saw your message there on Facebook. You said, stand back and look at the big picture. These issues are all tied together. Yes, and I'm going to tie them together in the next hour. I think you might find it very interesting. So you're listening to Freedom Speak with Becca Marie and Stella. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. We'll be right back. 